and welcome to episode 23 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to decide what to play out of a con library that has every game imaginable. This week, we're spending basically the entire episode talking about our experiences at MapleCon in Las Vegas. And we'll also be announcing our contest winners toward the end of the episode, so stay tuned for that. And now, here are your hosts, Amby, Cassidy, and me, Crystal. Guys, we just got back from MeepleCon. <laughs> Our first meeting ever! Yay! <laughs> I miss it already. I left there and it was warm and I came home and it was cold and rainy. Boo, cold and rainy. <laughs> so obviously I am biased about MeepleCon because I helped run the event. So... My thoughts on how the con went are going to be skewed, potentially. So I would love to hear your all's unfiltered thoughts about the con in general. And please feel free to, if there are criticisms, you can say them. Because guess what? If you tell me what was not good, (laughs) I can fix it for next year. So no holds barred. Tell me what your thoughts were on MeepleCon. I had a good time. I thought it was really fun. It was laid back. Uh, I got to have a lot of sleep compared to other conventions, (laughs) but that's mostly my fault, I guess, at the other conventions. Yeah, and and we got to go out to eat some good food, which was nice. It was really cool being able to play games with a lot of different people, and there was a lot of space for the gaming. There was a big room, and there was always table space, which I really like. That's like a huge plus in conventions for me. Yeah, there's a lot of times I've been to some larger cons where I've I've literally played games on the floor because there was nowhere else to play. Yeah. So that's a huge bonus. But I think a lot of that comes to the size of the convention, too. And, that, and that's what's funny for me is I haven't been to any of the giant, huge cons. All the cons I've been to have been small, local ones. So... I think MeepleCon is actually the largest con I've ever attended. So, like, obviously I'm smart enough to realize what you guys are talking about with Gen Con and Origins and that stuff, but I just personally haven't experienced anything like that. So Mm. I'm glad that we provide something that's missing at the larger cons. Mm -hmm. I think the only complaint that I possibly have is um, that my ID almost got lost at the game library because nobody knew where they put the little packet that it was in and it wasn't organized the way that I think it had should have been. I would imagine that this is a problem that potentially pops up at other cons as well, but we had a wonderful group of volunteers who were helping us out over the course of the entire weekend. And I think sometimes during the changing of the guard, so to speak, when one volunteer would leave and another one would come in, that different people organize things in different ways. And I think that potentially Mm. becomes problematic when you aren't the person that checked the game out and maybe they, you know, they weren't thinking right and they didn't put it in the right order alphabetically or something like that. I think that's where those types of problems come in. And I'm not a hundred percent sure how to address that going forward. But I know at Dice Tower Con and BGG Con, they scan your badge. So each Mm -hmm. person has a barcode and the games have barcodes too. So it's like all electronic. Okay. But didn't, so what, kind of accountability though see for us since we're a small con you know obviously 99% of people are trustworthy but all it takes is one scumbag to Mm -hmm. ruin it for everybody so I think the reason we do the IDs is because 
they now have a vested interest to come back and check the game back in. Like, there is no risk of them stealing it because they've turned their ID into us. Whereas if you just Mm -hmm. scan someone's badge, I guess you know that they have it, but if they disappear, I don't know. Then I guess they can never come back. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, you wouldn't sell them any more tickets, right? Right. Well, one one evening of the con... Our, the library's copy of Mechs versus Minions was checked out and not returned, and we kind of had a, a minor aneurysm, <laughs> but we had the person's ID who had checked it out, and I think that they just lost track of time and forgot to turn it back in, and the next yeah. morning, it reappeared, <laughs> so everything was fine. So let's talk about some of the games that we played together, because this was the first time that the three of us ever got to play games together, aside from the couple that we played on Board Game Arena uh, a month or two ago. Well, the first game we all actually got to play together, the three of us, was Goose Blitz. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun, and I was really terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ghost Blitz is not a very deep game, but it is a lot of fun. It's quick. It definitely has a bit of a dexterity element in being able to quickly grab or touch the items. It's hard. Like, it was difficult to, to read the cards and quickly figure out what you were trying to find. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a speedy person like that. And uh, it was mostly just the three of us playing, but then we also had uh, Mike, who some of you may have seen if you watch the dice tower show board game breakfast he does the board game makeover segment on that show uh he joined us for a little bit of one game but he actually pointed out something interesting well bad interesting uh (laughs) that the game is not super colorblind friendly because Mm. the colors on the cards and on the items a couple of them are kind of similar and so it's hard to ascertain which is which if you don't have good color vision so mm-hmm. I wonder if that could be theoretically addressed depending on which colors were picked for the game. But regardless, we played Ghost Blitz and we played Ghost Blitz 2 and then we signed the inside of each box and now we're going to send them to our contest winners, which we'll be announcing at the end of the episode. Yay, contest winners. Yay. So that's really exciting. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> What's the next game? It was, was it... Lords of Water Lords of Water played. Was mm-hmm. that the next one? Yep. I think that might be accurate. Mm-hmm. So you guys got to knock a game off your shame list. Yes. Yes, we did. Thank you so much for teaching yeah. it to us. I I think Lords of Waterdeep has kind of solidified for me that I've I've always kind of said that I don't like Euro games, but I think lighter worker placement games might be something that I need to explore a little bit more because while that game has a lot of cool flavor text on it, it technically is not super thematic and I still really (laughs) enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, you could really slap any theme on that game and it would still be the same game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is definitely a Euro game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's definitely one of my favorites to teach though. I love it. And I think most people know that like when I say I hate Euros, that there are always exceptions to statements like that. Like, yeah. like my hatred of dice games. <laughs> yes. yes. Like we we were, you know, it's hyperbole and it's more to define what we do like, I think, than what we're unwilling to play or what we gravitate toward. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe I uh I am starting to become a little more of an omni gamer. 
Ooh. Yay. <laughs> Next up, Power Grid. <laughs> I think Power Grid is going to like be a cloud hanging over my head for like a long time. But I really did enjoy Lords of Waterdeep, and I would like to play with the expansions. Um, oh, it's a lot point. of fun. Well, technically it's two, but they're boxed together. So you okay. can play either both of them at the same time or just one or the other. It's kind of nice like that. Yeah, someone said that the corruption one is like kind of a push your luck style something or other. Yeah, because it gives you like negative points. I honestly don't play with that one a lot, but it gives you negative points for certain things. Like you can get a really great card, but it will give you some really awesome things, but it will also give you negative points. But there are ways to like eliminate that and alleviate that um, on the board and on other cards too. Oh, Okay. Yeah, no, I I mean, I like push your luck style games, so I feel like a push your luck element added to that game would probably be something I would enjoy mm-hmm. quite a bit. The expansions also add a six player. Oh, nice. Is it, does it play well at six or do you kind of, is it too much? Like, do you feel like you can't do anything? It, well, they add more spots to go also. So uh, the only thing it adds is downtime with an extra player mm-hmm. or two, but I don't really find that to be an issue but i also like a lot of euros that have a lot of downtime so (laughs) so another game that let's see what are the what else did we all three play oh we all three played element yeah yes and the pack of games oh Uh, yeah dig so and i didn't play dig oh so and (laughs) i was sitting there half asleep yeah you were watching us (laughs) yeah no over the course of the weekend i played four of the Paco games, two from the first set and two from the second set. And then I've previously played another one from the first set. The ones that, yeah, that we, I played, which is so hard to say. Yeah. S-H-H. They're all three letters. So I guess that makes it easier. Uh, and then I also played So and Dig and I played Bus, which mm-hmm. Bus is one of the ones from the first set. And I bought both Sh and Bus. <laughs> because somebody was selling a few of the older ones there. But the second set just came out to Kickstarter backers. So, Ambi, you now have all of the second set. Yep. There's eight plus two bonus ones for being a Kickstarter backer. So, wait, what are the bonus ones? Can you tell us? I want the the info. One of them is Nut. It's a squirrel nut collecting game. (laughs) Um, And then the other one was like a mystery one. So I don't know if we're supposed to say what it is yet. Well, but you, what? No, you have to tell us. Like it's out now, right? Like people are going to be reviewing it. Yeah, but not everyone has gotten it yet. I don't know when everyone's oh. going to get it. And and they said on the Kickstarter page, like not to to say what it is before people. It's get super it, secret, Crystal. You're not in the know. <laughs> Neither right, am I. When we get done recording, Ambi, I want I want the secret. I want the info. We won't we won't announce it publicly. So sorry to our listeners, but maybe. Uh, once it has arrived for everyone, you can talk about it later because mystery yeah. stuff. Oh, man, I wish I'd gotten in on that Kickstarter. <laughs> I just, I, at that point, I had never played any of the Paco games. Yeah. And I had no idea about how brilliant Chris Handy, the designer of those games, is. I, obviously, my expectations, I think, were lowered because a game that comes in a box the size of a pack of gum, like, can only do so many things. Or so I thought. <laughs> and 
all of the of the five games that I've played so far, they're all incredibly different. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's strategy in all of them. But yeah, I truthfully was genuinely shocked and amazed by the Paco games. And I think that I want to add a lot more of them to my collection because they're, I love games that are portable anyway. Mm-hmm. And those are the best. Uh, the designer, Chris Handy, actually said to someone on Twitter the other day, like they said, oh my gosh, like I love, you know, little games like Quicks. And Chris Handy was like, well, you can fit eight of my games in the same footprint as Quicks, which is true. And Quicks yeah. is already a tiny box, but the Paco games are the ultimate in tiny boxes. Yeah. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah, I also hadn't played any of them before I backed the Kickstarter. I had just heard about them, and they seemed really cool. And just the idea of having tiny games was really cool to me. So I backed it, and now I'm glad I did, because after playing the games at MeebleCon, I really enjoyed them. I do want to get Shh, though. That was in the first set, and I really liked that yeah, one. Yeah, I really need to get that one. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah. yeah, so since I guess technically we could mention at least a little bit about one of them since we haven't discussed the gameplay of any of them. So Shh is yeah. a cooperative game where you are not allowed to talk to one another and every player has a hand of cards containing the letters of the alphabet. And there's one of each letter in the box and then the five vowels are pulled out and put onto the table. And players have to silently, one at a time, play letters to form words. Mm-hmm. And then once someone thinks a word is complete, they put their thumb up and everyone else puts their thumb up and then you score the word, you take the vowels back onto the table and then you continue with more letters that are in your hands. So it's interesting because you can't telegraph to people what you want to spell (laughs) and you don't know what letters are in their hand unless you're playing a two-player game. Mm -hmm. And just about everybody does something different than what you would think that they would do <laughs> or you're like i really hope they have an r because i'm gonna play this and like <laughs> and yeah and since there's only one of each letter including the vowels there are certain words that can't obviously be spelled yeah so it was really interesting especially trying to get like the more rare letters played like they don't necessarily hurt you worse if you don't play them but obviously, if you can get rid of those quickly, then it makes later words better. So we all also got to play an abstract strategy game that I mentioned a few minutes ago called Element. Mm-hmm. Uh, Z Garcia of the Dice Tower taught it to us. It just came out in 2017 from, I'm going to look, Rather Dashing Games, which is a company I do not have a lot of familiarity with. Me either. I don't usually play a lot of abstract games, but I enjoyed this one. It's two to four players, and we played four players, and each player wants to capture the player to their right. So it's kind of like a huge cat and mouse and smaller mouse, or I don't know, but <laughs> like <laughs> huge circle of you're trying to get the person to the right before anyone else gets captured. When you're also trying to avoid the person that's on yeah. your left that's trying, trying to capture, to capture Obviously, you. Obviously, you don't want to yeah. get captured. So yeah. it's, it's cat mouse, cat mouse, cat <laughs> yeah. mouse. Cat mouse. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like a bigger rock, paper, scissors type thing. But yeah, it was pretty interesting because just the, I, I don't know if I played any abstract games with more than two players. And I thought that was really cool. I agree. And I think it kind of fixes for me the problem that I generally have with abstract strategy games. It's not that I dislike those games. But the reason I enjoy gaming so much is the social aspect. Mm-hmm. And when you have two play two people playing a deep, thinky, abstract game, 
you can't really have a conversation because one of you is always having their turn. So with four players, we were able to actually have a conversation while the game was going on. And I think that really was wonderful. Yeah. Plus I had cute little old man tokens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked that. They were so adorable. <laughs> So you're not only moving your pawn around the board, but you're also placing tokens related to the four elements, and those tokens can affect each other in different ways. So like, wind can get rid of earth, and water can get rid of fire, and each of the elements act differently when you place their tokens on the board as well, mm -hmm. which can help you trap the other player's pawns. And it was surprisingly easy to pick up but there was a lot of strategic decisions to be made which is why it was so much fun i think yeah i guess that's the mark of a good abstract game they're generally easy to pick up and there's that a is lot of true it, right? yeah yeah i should play more of those because i actually haven't played that many so i thought i didn't like them because <laughs> when i think of abstract games i think of like chess and go and that has such there's so well, many there's a really high learning stuff. curve. Yeah, to there's both such of those a high games, learning curve. Yeah. And that's why I don't like it because I don't want to spend the time to do the learning curve. But with the modern abstract games, they don't have that yet. Yeah, that's definitely true. Have you have you played Santorini yet? No. <clears throat> it, definitely it give cool. that one a shot, especially because like the different god powers that give that game the variability, I think will always kind of make it so you can have players at different skill levels mm -hmm. on equal footing, depending on which gods you pick. But I would actually, I want to shout it out to our listeners. If you know of any modern abstract strategy games, particularly ones that play with more than two players, uh, shoot us a message or like tweet at us on Twitter. That's probably the best because then you can get a discussion going. But I would love to hear more recommendations for newer abstract strategy mm -hmm. games because, yeah, that sounds like something that I would like to get into as well. I really like abstract games, so I'm always looking for new ones. Always. Cassidy, did you get to play New York Slice at MeepleCon? I, yeah, I did. Okay, so yeah. all three of us got to play New York Slice, which yep. is a fairly new game from Bezier Games, and it is a re-implementation of the game Piece O' Cake, which is famous for, I don't believe, I don't know if it introduced it, but it definitely made famous the I Split, You Choose mechanism. Mm -hmm. And New York Slice does the same thing, but with pizza instead of pies, which it's confusing to me that Piece O' Cake is about pies. But oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pies. Like why they could have made it be cake. I guess pies are more visually appealing from the top. So maybe it was probably yeah. easier to like design the pies and then make them look different. Because cakes, you can't probably. really tell from the outward appearance if they're different or not because it's what's under all the icing. Mm. I the guess. layers. Good point. Maybe <laughs> ogres are like onions. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Cake. Everybody loves cake. Yeah. I really um, liked New York Slice, though. It, was, it just made me want pizza every time I played it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was easy to pick up. There, there was some graphic design choices that were not necessarily ideal. Like some of the slices, the pepperoni, which is a way to earn points, is colored differently on mm. different pieces. Yeah, because so it was at like first, burnt. Yeah. At first, we were kind of like... Wait, is that also pepperoni? Oh, it is. Okay. And then once we figured it out, we were fine. But just the fact that the colors didn't match mm -hmm. was a little frustrating at first. 
um, someone that I was talking to pointed out that it might have actually been better if they had done it more in a cartoony style instead of the realistic kind of photograph looking Mm. uh, art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think actually probably would have been accurate and it still would have looked just as cool. But regardless, I really liked the game. And it comes in like what looks like a pizza box. You open it like a pizza box and that's just fun. (laughs) And the instructions look like a menu. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the score pad looks like the receipt paper from like a restaurant. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. th- thematically all the way around, that one is just great. Mm-hmm. So I know that we didn't get to play it all together, but we all got to play King Domino also at MeepleCon, mm-hmm. which I had heard uh, recently on an episode of shout out to the podcast Draft Mechanic. I love their content and they just talked about it on an episode maybe a couple of weeks ago. Might be a little longer than that now. But their description of it made me want to play it. So when I saw that it was available at MeepleCon, I had to grab it. And holy moly, is that game fun. <laughs> if you had told me that if, if somebody had just come up to me and been like, hey, this is a board game and it's kind of like dominoes, <laughs> my face would have dropped and I would have been like, meh, meh. like, <laughs> no, not interested. But for it's light, it's simple. There's some good strategy. It's fun. It's quick to play. It takes like 15, 20 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I bought it instantly. <laughs> so, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I literally played it, walked over to the table and said, and I will take one of those, please, to the person who was selling it. <laughs> it was a cute game. I don't yeah. I don't think it's one that I that I need, though. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not the type placement. of game that your group <laughs> tends to play as much. But yeah, it's very cute. And the art is really nice. And the pieces are shiny. <laughs> but yeah, it, the, the, the tiles are thick. I like yeah, that. Yeah. But I don't think it's the only like similarity to dominoes is that the pieces have rectangles with half and half. <laughs> yeah. So well, no, you have yeah. to match the sides too. Yeah. But it's more like, yeah, well. like, it's like dominoes. A, I guess kind of, but it's like a kingdom building type game more. I think I it didn't really feel at all like dominoes. Oh, well, yeah, I still have thought not. of it as like a tiny little city building yeah. or yeah, kingdom building game is what it felt like to mm-hmm. me. It didn't feel at all like dominoes. Like definitely not for me. Yeah. I know that we're starting to run out of time for the episode and we obviously played a lot more games at MeepleCon, some of which we'll probably discuss in the future as well. Uh, a few of the other games that I played that I'll just quickly rattle off. Um, I got to play Biblios for the first time, which was recently mentioned uh, by Mason Weaver on an episode of The Five By, which is another podcast friend of ours. So shout out to them. Uh, His description made me want to play that game. And I did. And now I'm going to buy that one, too, because (laughs) Biblios is an older game. It was originally older being relative, of course, but it was published in 2007 originally. And it was just recently republished by Yellow. Um, I'm not sure who the original original publisher was, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And I also got to play Mr. Jack for the first time, which I'm not big on two-player games, but I had kind of had an interest in that one for a while. And uh, Z Garcia kindly offered to teach it to me since I expressed some interest. And it was a lot of fun, even though he beat me. (laughs) (laughs) Jack the Ripper escaped. I really like Mr. Jack. I just just wish I had a reason to play two-player games more. Um, I actually got to play Caverna for the first time, finally, which was awesome. That was actually the first game of the con that I got to play, and I was super stoked to finally get that one played. And, and you, you played with someone it. notable. I did. Uh, Tom Vassell taught me how to play. Thanks, Dice Tower. You guys, like, made my weekend. 
that's actually a good segue. I'll, I'll interrupt you t- and then you can get back to Caverna. But the Dice Tower guys were at uh, MeepleCon. Well, Tom was there uh, one of the days. And then Sam, Z, Derek, and Mike were there all three days of the con. And all of them were absolutely lovely people. I had met a few of them before previously because they came to MeepleCon last year, but they had more people with them this year and they stayed a little bit longer and they were just wonderful. Great guys. They play games with a bunch of people. They're really good about helping teach games when needed and it's just awesome. So I'm so happy that they were able to attend MeepleCon this year and I really, really hope that they'll be able to come back next year. I'm a little bit paranoid because Gamma, the trade show, is moving next year. It's not going to be in Las Vegas anymore. It's going to be in Reno, Nevada, which even though that's the same state, Reno is not that close to Vegas. So (laughs) it's a quick flight, but not a quick drive. I am hoping that we can get them to come back next year. So sorry, Cassidy, I totally interrupted (laughs) you talking about your awesome first play of Caverna. My awesome first play of Caverna that I totally horribly lost at. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray! I've wanted to play it and it's been on my wish list for a while. I just wanted to play it before I actually bit the bullet and purchased it because it's not a cheap game because there are so many wooden bits. But it will definitely be a buy for me because I don't have Agricola yet either. So, And I actually liked... Uh, Caverna a little bit more. That seems to be a common sentiment from what I've heard. I have not played either, unsurprisingly, but I've heard that Caverna is often the better liked of the two. Well, Caverna is not as mean to you if you aren't able to feed your family. They give you a lot more ways to feed your people, so you're not just starving them. Yeah, Agricola is a tighter game. Much. It's time to announce the winners of our most recent contest. So those two games that we all played together at MeepleCon, Ghost Blitz and Ghost Blitz 2, were giving away signed copies of each of those games. And the winner of the signed copy of Ghost Blitz is... Mousy Doo, who entered via Twitter. Yay. Yay, congrats, Mousy Doo. We will be contacting you. Uh, we will probably just send you a message on Twitter or at your Twitter handle to get your contact information so we can get your mailing address from you in a more private fashion. Um, And the winner of a signed copy of Ghost Blitz 2 is Jacob Shakor, who entered via email. So congratulations, Jacob. We will be emailing you back since that's the way you entered the contest and won. And we'll get your contact information and we'll be sending that out to you in the near future. So congrats Yay. to both of our winners. Congrats. Uh, we are going to be having more contests in the future, so stay tuned for those. Before we wrap up the episode, we wanted to give a big thank you to all of our new supporters on Patreon. It has been less than a month since we launched the Patreon page, and we already have 16 patrons supporting the show. Woo-hoo. If you want to... <laughs> If you want to be awesome like them and get access to our sweet Slack channel and other cool perks, head over to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Thank you, patrons. Yay. Yay. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, to get links to all our social media pages, including our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Board Game Geek Guild. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. 
Check out the other shows in the network by visiting DiceTowerNetwork.com. Have suggestions for the show or just want to say hi? Shoot us an email at BoardGameBlitz at gmail.com. Until next time, I would blitz 500 miles and I would blitz 500 more. Bye, everyone! Bye! Uh, a month or two ago. I don't know how long ago that was. Time is a mystery. <laughs> um, was that in February? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. It probably was. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not like a, it's a, not a deep game. Yeah. Krieger, Krieger. No, stop. Oh, you're eating my shoe. <laughs> Krieger. Go to daddy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I look over and the dog has my shoe in his mouth and he's just going like this. Hang on. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's strategy in all of them. I, like, obviously they're lighter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the doorbell went off. And everyone crying. My poor, my my levels on audacity are like. <laughs> <laughs>